Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. There are always major stories that break over the weekend, and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today. So stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring the author of the book, Trap History, and the executive editor of Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Mr. Shaw, welcome back to the show, man. How you been? Man, everything's good, man. I actually just landed from uh, Vegas from the Super Bowl. Well, oh, we yeah? call it the Usher Bowl in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh, so, uh, yeah, man, uh, an amazing week and an, an amazing performance by Usher. So mm. we're definitely excited about, about what he did yesterday in the city of Atlanta. Well, I tell you what, you know what? I uh, spent my youth in considered privation. And I did not grow up as the biggest sports fan. I was more of a music guy. And that has translated into adulthood. And so I never really made a big deal out of sports stuff. And as a result, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. So do tell. Give me some of the highlights. Well, the highlight was Usher. I mean, okay. I, okay. I saw that on the memes. Yeah. yeah He's Usher. hugging Alicia Keys. No. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. That was a. <laughs> he did his, uh, you know, uh, some people call him, uh, well, Charlamagne, the guy calls him a domestic terrorist when it comes to how he scoops up uh, other men's women. And he he gave uh, Alicia Keys a rather uh, close hug. Okay. But uh, <laughs> he, he came out this morning and, and pretty put all that to rest and said, those are two performers yeah. and what they're doing is entertainment. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's all it was. But, it, you know, the performance, uh, a lot of people are saying it's one of the top five Super Bowl performances in history. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, outside of Michael Jackson and Prince, they're saying Usher is, is number three. And so this is going to go down in history as one of the most iconic performances ever. OK, OK, good. Yeah, I was I was hoping that you'd say Prince. That was one Super Bowl performance I did see. And I remember it was raining um, as he was playing Purple Rain. So I thought that was kind of cool. So, um, you know, so, so there's a funny story. I, obviously, I know that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That's Travis. Uh, Travis. What's his name? 
Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's a Taylor Swift guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So he that that team won the Super Bowl. So that's kind of what a lot of folks were hoping for. But um, you know, Chris, our producer, sent over an article about a gentleman who has attended every single Super Bowl. And that's a story that you wrote about in the Atlanta Daily World. So tell us a bit about this one. Yeah. So amazingly, while I was out in Las Vegas, I got an opportunity to meet Gregory Eaton. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, one of the, I guess, the, he's the opposite of you. He's a diehard sports fan. And he's, <laughs> yeah. he's been a sports fan since the since his youth. Okay. Uh, and, and outside of the Super Bowl, he, well, first, he's attended every single Super Bowl in yeah. the history. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but outside of that, uh, he's also he's he's been present at at, at iconic moments. Like he was uh, ringside when when Muhammad Ali defeated Sonny Liston. Mm-hmm. I know you see that favorite that uh, mm-hmm. that that famous picture where Ali is standing over standing him. over him and he's laying on the yeah. Uh, so the ring, so yeah. Uh, Mr. Eden, he was there. He was in Mexico City for the 1968 Olympics. Uh, that same year when uh, uh the, the athletes they put the black fist in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Tommy, uh, want to make get his name right, but the, the black athletes from America, and so he and he he's also he's he's attended several uh, four Olympics, um, and so he just talked about you know him his, you know his passion for sports and mm-hmm. and making sure that he's present at every single Super Bowl, and it was just amazing just to sit down and talk to him and, and really just soak up so much knowledge, uh, you know, just from him, just not just you know, and also he mentored Magic Johnson. He has he has a he has a wonderful story. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> eating he's 84 years old uh from lansing michigan and um i suggest everyone just to take a moment just to look him up and research his um his history because he he's done a phenomenal he's done phenomenal things in the on the business side but also when it comes to sports that that is is fantastic and you know i kudos to you for for grabbing that story and sharing it with us again by the atlanta daily world i purposely so just just so everyone knows i mean i'm famously not a sports person, but I'm somewhat aware of just kind of the highlights, the headlines that go around, you know, when there's a basketball champion or all-star something or other, whatever, but I just don't get into things like the draft picks and the, okay, so this is the last team and, you know, the 20 last 20 years to have this amount of scores in the first half of the, you know, all that, like divvying it up, but like the the names, some of the names I know, some of the, obviously the big events, the cultural moments I know. And, um, you know, for this, I knew I wasn't going to watch it just because I had some other things to do that were just more important. And no one around me was watching everybody. I'm so close to Vegas that everybody I know who would be watching it and would invite me over. They just went to Vegas to go watch the Super Bowl. So I was just here by myself. So I'm like, okay, well, I can do chores and run errands and whatnot. But um, this article about Gregory Eaton, I thought was really fascinating, especially because, as you mentioned, he had been kind of alongside, you know, a lot of these big names. Uh, and of course, at a lot of these uh, major events, these cultural moments. Um, and just as a black man in his, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the latter years of his life, I would imagine um, just a wealth of knowledge and, and experience. And just um, I'm glad that that is now captured and preserved because, you know, I, he was making these moves at a time when it was much more difficult and still is. I, I saw the prices of the Super Bowl tickets. There's somewhere between like four thousand and you could spend up to a million dollars if you wanted a box or something like that. So. So, yeah, and I've been to that stadium before. It's a nice stadium, but a million dollars. 
Yeah, I think I think Floyd Mayweather paid. Uh, well, he showed a receipt where he paid one point five million for. Uh, yeah, I believe it. Super Bowl. Yeah, I believe it. So, I yeah. know, uh, and also the 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 two uh, athletes is Tommy Smith and John Carlos. I want to make sure that I, I properly. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the two with the uh, the fists uh, in the air. Yeah. Yeah, and then 19th. there was another gentleman too. Um, I always forget his name too, but I remember covering this story and he's the white gentleman. Um, every time there's an example of allyship, I like to highlight it. And the gentleman who was on the podium with the three of them is the one that supplied them with the gloves <laughs> so um, that they could wear uh, those gloves, if I'm not mistaken. So, so yeah. Um, and again, another iconic moment. Uh, and I'm glad that we had at least one of our griots, uh, you know, able to bear witness to all that and kind of pass the story on before, you know, his transition. And so, um, again, shout out to Gregory Eaton and shout out to you for, for capturing that story. Moving on to, uh, other news that has taken place over the weekend. <laughs> it seems like it'll pale in comparison, but things that we do need to know about. Um, this comes from the black information network, a Florida teacher and her aide are facing charges for tying a seven-year-old student with autism to a chair. This from NBC Miami. The incident unfolded last week at G.D. Rogers Garden Bullock Elementary School in Bradenton. Security footage showed Karina Chindamo, an, ex an exceptional student education teacher, and Taylor Nicola, a teacher's aide, tying the seven-year-old boy's wrists with a walking rope used to teach students how to walk in the line. In the footage, the rope was wrapped around the leg of a chair as a boy sat on the ground nearby. Police said the elementary student, who was nonverbal, was restrained for about an hour. Chindamo and Internicola also sat on the chair, appearing to use their weight to keep the child from getting free. The pair are expected to be charged with false imprisonment. Chindamo was taken into custody on Tuesday, which would have been February 6th, while Internicola hadn't been arrested yet. School officials said the principal notified the child's mother of the incident after it was caught on surveillance footage and reported the issue. In a statement, the Manatee County School District called the situation disturbing and reprehensible. The district had been fully cooperating with law enforcement throughout this active investigation. All of the protocols have been followed, including the employee's removal from the classroom and immediately after the incident was reported and reassignment to other district locations where students are not present. This is from a statement from the district. Now, that's not the whole article. There's still more up on BINnews.com, but we shortened it just so that we can get the story going. So give us your thoughts on this when you first came across this story. Yeah. I mean, it's just another example of uh, what happens in the education system. You have people who aren't really, uh, you know, they don't really have the, 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 I guess the temperament to be in these positions. And I don't mm -hmm. understand why you take this job if you don't really have the temperament to do this job. Mm -hmm. and I know it can be very challenging in terms of uh, just, you know, dealing with certain students and things of that nature. Uh, but, there has to be some type of uh, if there if if those educators educators need that type of help, there needs to be more assistance uh, to help them. Mm -hmm. Or those educators just shouldn't be in this in this job. Uh, period. Sure. Uh, I don't think you should ever uh, you know think that this is right to uh, tie someone up <laughs> and basically hold them down. Uh, you know, a child at that. So it just shows you that that more work needs to be done in terms of who we are hiring when it comes to uh, our education system. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There's another thing that I think that we as a community can do as well to take a more active role. Um, it, it may be a longer journey, but, you know, when I think of stories like this, I wonder to myself, 
if this had been a seven-year-old white child with autism, would the story have come together the same way? And of course, the answer is probably, possibly, you know, sure. But I feel like because we're dealing with a black child, um, people feel like they can get away with more. Um, black children are seen as more criminal. They're, they're forced to grow up quicker. Um, they're seen as more delinquent. And this is, this is based on data. I've seen several studies that have shown teachers' reaction and preschool teachers' reactions to black children. Um, you know, I, I, a study comes to mind where they put like an eye-tracking device on a, on a pair of glasses and gave it to, to teachers. And they said, okay, watch this video for um, delinquent behavior. And all of the teachers, including the black teachers that they studied, their eyes tracked the black male child in a daycare setting, right? And so this shows, I don't believe that teachers are bad people. It shows, I believe, that a society has been conditioned to view black people as delinquent and as um, targets for aggressive responses. You know, imagine the amount of police videos you've seen and anti-black violence you've seen over the course of your life. So what I see uh, as an opportunity for us is to rethink how we approach our children. Because, you know, we're known for like spanking our kids and, you know, that sort of stuff. And I, I know that's a, a trope from yesteryear. Not all of us are still on that. But I believe that while there's a lot of facets in society that do need to change, one of the things that we can do is make sure that we are approaching each other with the sort of reverence that we hope other people will ultimately approach us with so that our children don't end up in situations with people who think they can get away with this. Now that's again, not to say that it's all on us. There's a lot of systemic issues in place that are affecting black people negatively. Right. But for us to just know this story and say, Oh, well, that's unfortunate and move on with our lives. I believe that there's an action item that we can all bear in mind. Let's, again, approach our own black bodies with the sort of reverence that we want other people to approach our black bodies with, because we need to transform how we think of discipline, how we regard ourselves um, and our children and, and how we discipline our children, how we approach our children. And then we can set the standard to which we will hold other people to. Um, and then we end up with less in the way of incidents like this. Sure. This might, um, traumatize this one child and then one family can start, uh, launch a lawsuit and settle and get their money. But, you know, this is just because it was on video. Instances like this happen, I'm sure, more frequently than we know about. And I would also imagine it's it's disproportionate to uh, black and brown children uh, in this country. And so um, there's something that we can do and something is not nothing. So we'll leave that one right there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. 
That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, A-L-L. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Today's guest is the author of the book, Trap History, and the executive editor of the Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw. The Black Information Network. I think it's caused us really to focus on the equity and inclusion piece and not just the diversity piece. Celebrating Black History. Then. The die is cast, as I said. We're not asking. We're saying this is the way it's going to be. And now. Making sure that, yeah, that was a first, but it won't be the only time that that's happened. We want to make sure that we can continue to do new things. Because our story continues. All right, next story. Two more women have come forward with abuse allegations against Jonathan Majors. According to the New York Times, Emma Duncan and Mara Hooper, who said they dated Majors between 2013 and 2019, accused the actor of physical and emotional abuse. Both women described Majors as, quote, a controlling, threatening figure who isolated them from friends and career pursuits. Duncan and Hooper recalled Majors love bombing them before their relationship turned physically or emotionally violent. Quote, you lose your sense of worth, Duncan said, as she was engaged to majors from 2015 to 2019, told the Times. The report comes as majors is set to be sentenced in April following a domestic violence trial involving his former partner, Grace Jabari. Jabari testified that she was riding in a car with majors on March 25th, 2023, when she saw a text on his phone that read, oh, how I wish to be kissing you. Jabari said she took the phone from majors before he grabbed her, her arm and hand, twisted her forearm and hit her head in an attempt to get it back. She also testified that he later threw her 
back into the car. Majors has maintained his innocence, saying he'd never hit a woman or participating in domestic abuse. However, a jury found him guilty of third-degree reckless assault and second-degree harassment in December 2023. During the pretrial of Majors' domestic violence case, Duncan gave a statement alleging abuse that ultimately wasn't allowed to be submitted to evidence. Duncan claimed Majors, quote, threatened to strangle and kill her and, si and, sorry, and slammed her body into their mailbox uh, during an argument in 2016. Uh, in 2017, Duncan said Majors threw her onto the ground and bruised her head with his own head, I would imagine. Uh, Priya Chandri, Majors' lawyer, admitted that her client, quote, did say hurtful things uh, during his toxic relationships with Duncan and Hooper, but she denied the claims of physical abuse. Okay, so a lot here. Um, and this story has taken a lot of turns I never expected. Um, give us your thoughts on these, these recent developments. Well, of course, it's not good for him. Uh, mm -hmm. This is this is this is probably, um, uh, you know, where the where he was, you know, previously. It just, it just makes it worse. Yeah, I think that uh, he has a. It seems like he has a, a, a an attraction to toxic uh, toxic relationships. Yeah, <laughs> totally like he's he's just attracted to to toxic uh, situations, yeah. and unfortunately, is is come back to destroy a promising career because this is a guy who would have been uh, considered the next generation of black actors mm -hmm. uh, could have took taken the mantle and really uh, for the next. 15 to 20 years really um, been one of those uh, prominent figures in Hollywood. Uh, so, you know, and, and you know, the, the, the work that he did on Lovecraft country and, and also, um, you know, his, his, uh, his role on Ant-Man, we saw the talent. <laughs> so we know that we know that this guy really had talent um, when, it, when the lights were on, but uh, you know, sometimes the lights can't save you from, from yourself. Mm. And everything that he's done, unfortunately, and the people that he he's chosen to, to be with has come back to haunt him. Now, we saw the situation with the, the, the last uh, uh, girlfriend where he's running from her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, you know, some some women we, we know some women that we call Karen Karen's they will over-exaggerate situations <laughs> and this is what it seemed like the last girlfriend was she was over-exaggerating the situation yeah. from what we saw in the video yeah. uh, but um, you know it seems like he's just he's attracted to toxic situation and, and, and like i said before it's just all coming back to haunt him yeah yeah you know there's um i gotta be very careful here because before anything else beginning, middle, and end, I want to acknowledge um, these alleged victims and the now uh, the, the primary victim because the, you know, the case is concluded uh, with a, you know, a guilty verdict. But um, I want to make sure that I acknowledge the, the, the human beings who have alleged their suffering at the hands of Jonathan Majors. Um, and I want to, I think, echo your sentiment that what we're witnessing is a man that had a lot of promise. Um, he's getting stripped down in front of us. And the thing is, I, I recognize 
having been through my own uh, issues in my life, none of them have been, you know, physical like that. That's not my way. But I do recognize how two people can see a situation very differently and how a narrative can get chronicled in two entirely different ways that are based on individual truths uh, with respect to a given situation. And I've heard stories in my life of other people recalling circumstances and scenarios that I've been in that they, they, where when they say what happened, it doesn't even sound like me, right? They take the worst possible optics that they can assign to a situation and then use those to string together the story. And it, it just, it feels so unfair. And then often enough, they will bring them up at, you know, <laughs> at the least opportune moments, or they will tell them to people that they feel will be sympathetic to their version of the story so that they can amass a team of people like a chorus to then come back with the pitchforks to try to crucify you, right? And this is not something that's exclusive to me. It's not something that is exclusive to anybody. I think that this is kind of a, a, a brilliant strategy if you want to win, as, as they say, all's fair in love and war, right? But I wonder if some of these things are more nuanced than we are allowing ourselves to believe. As you mentioned, Jonathan Majors was riding in his truck, you know, or riding in the back of a truck, and he got a text message on his phone, right? It's his phone, he pays a bill, I'd imagine, I don't know, maybe she pays a bill, but it's his phone, then it's his property. And she reaches and grabs the phone. That's not nothing. She could have done any number of things and it would have shaped the outcomes very differently, I would imagine. But she reaches to grab his phone to which he responds. He didn't initiate that according to the story that I've read. Um, but it's easy for us to ignore that. You know, where did this start? You know, is the violation that he got a text message on his phone? People send messages to wrong numbers. Trust me, I know this, right? Is the violation that she reached to grab his phone? Or is the violation that he responded to try to get his phone back, right? And after that, we see him running away, right? And he's like, look, I don't want no part of it. I'm just going to go my way. You go your way, right? So we see the energy in the moment and the way the narrative gets chronicled. This is a misdemeanor, by the way. The narrative gets chronicled is like, oh, he's this abusive person. And I can imagine if somebody went back in my life and found the 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 relationships that didn't end well and asked those people for the worst possible optics and then strung that together and then you know put lawsuit in front of it and that was on headlines all around the country how misrepresentative of my character that might be now this is in no way a defense of jonathan majors i don't know that man i don't know any of these people but i wonder if what we're seeing is the media, the machinery working 
instead of the reality of a situation. And, you know, we are all, myself included, subjected to that mob mentality. And when I read this story, I did pause for a moment to ponder what really might have been going on way back, you know, 10 years ago in 2013 um, and how people chronicle narratives and misremember or maybe even remember uh, how, how situations unfold. And again, we're hearing one side and because of our now preconditioning to view Th Jonathan Majors as toxic and, and so forth and so on, um, you know, it's, it's easy for us to view him as a real life villain. And I don't know if that's entirely fair, at least with respect to these two new uh, allegations, sets of allegations, because the one obviously with a guilty verdict, we have to say that he's guilty. Um, and doesn't matter what video evidence we see that tells us and gives us the nuance, you know, we, we have to govern ourselves according to the guilty verdict. That's, that's just how we operate in a society. So um, that one really gave me a lot. Forgive my, my soapbox rant there, but um, you know, uh, any, anything to add to that before we move on? Cause I know that was a lot. <laughs> oh, no, man. I mean, you, you, you hit it right on point. I think you can have a situation where someone's feelings is hurt. They, they might have hurt feelings Sure. And then they react a certain type of way based off of the hurt feelings. Yeah. And it may not have been physical. It's just that the person the person thought that you didn't uh, act or or you didn't do something that they wanted you to do. Yeah. And and their feelings are hurt because maybe they couldn't manipulate you or control you in a, in a, in a certain situation. Sure. And they feel betrayed in some type of sense. And so you never know when it comes to relationships, how things pan out and how, how you're right, how two people can see one situation and take two different outcomes from that same situation. Yeah. So it's, that could be the case. And, and with, with everything that's at stake here, it's, it's certainly worth pondering because we are losing um, a, a very, very bright star as a result of whether or not this is the truth, we're losing a, a bright star. And that in and of itself is not something anybody would have hoped for. So Anyway, um, our final story for the day, and, and I promise I won't be long here. Uh, Jacksonville funeral home director has been charged for improperly handling the remains of his clients. Ugh. According to First Coast News, Elliot Maurice Graham, the funeral director at Marion Graham Mortuaries, was charged with false and fraudulent insurance claims, grand theft, and five counts of misdemeanor improper preservation of a human body. Several families have come forward with allegations against Graham, claiming that he didn't properly embalm their relatives and gave them fake ashes. After receiving complaints about the alleged mishandling of remains, the state agency that oversees funerals and cemeteries moved to secure the premises and take the remaining bodies. Uh, a warrant has been issued for Graham's arrest, and the Department of Financial Services is working with the families who have a pre-need contract with Marion Graham Mortuaries. Uh, unless you are contacted directly, directly, sorry, there's no reason to believe that you don't have the proper remains or your uh, or your of your loved ones, according to DFS, and I want to make sure that I'm clear. This investigation remains ongoing. Uh, give us your reaction to this one. I know that was <laughs> kind of kind of graphic, and yeah, this is yeah. the person that, um, and, I, and I said I don't know this person personally, but sure. reading the details, this is a person that just doesn't have a heart uh, to take advantage of families that that are already grieving, mm -hmm. that are already losing, uh, lost a loved one. Um, and to take advantage of them, uh, it's just it just shows you that this person just uh, doesn't have any care or, or concern uh, about the people who uh, trusted him. 
sure. and trusted his services as a, as a business person and just just to have empathy uh you know considering that you know when you experience death in a family it can it can be a very strenuous situation yeah and to add on to this is just it's just uh very it's pathetic yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, that's the only word i could think of is to really you know for you to take advantage of a of a family that's already grieving it's just really it's not a good look yeah, that's that's when people are perhaps their most vulnerable, most likely to spend and perhaps even easiest to take advantage of. And so people that do that are problematic. So uh, if you'd like, of course, to to read this story in full or all the rest of these stories as well, you can check them all out and more stories at BINnews.com. As always, I'd like to thank you very much for your insight, your brilliance and your articles. Once again, today's guest is the author of the book Trap History and the executive editor of Atlanta Daily World, Mr. A.R. Shaw. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.